this is Wicked Spursy. This is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave, uh, minus Steve, plus Brian tonight. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing damn well. How are you guys? You know, it's the end of the world. Um, draw today, uh, lost over the weekend, so everything in life sucks. Oh, and, I mean, uh, my sporting sporting life is terrible, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm back with you guys. I got to, you know, I, I got to meet you guys in person since the last time I was on the pod, and I got to see Tottenham in the flesh since I, last time I was on the pod. Did. So, like, when I was thinking about this in context, I was like, yeah, my life is okay. Yeah, so, and we... Despite uh, the two terrible last matches of the team that we love. But. Hey, life goes on, right? Life goes on. I would, uh, after we say hi to Mike, I'd like to hear a little bit about your London trip, if you wouldn't mind sharing for our hundreds and hundreds of listeners. Uh, <laughs> Mikey, how you doing, buddy? Um, <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to choke down a terrible beer that i thought was going to be fucking great and it's not um i'm doing i'm doing okay uh i am a little salty too um a little rough game for my son today uh he just wasn't in it and uh they had their first loss of the season um not only did they not score 10 goals um (laughs) lucas uh lucas skied two easy crosses like skied them like he was feet in front of the net and just skied them over the net and uh by the way since since steve can't be here i do have a conspiracy theory oh that's good because i hope it involves my son so um so basically basically he skies he skies these two balls and gives up on the rest of the fucking game uh you know I mean, they were easy tap-ins, and he skied them. So there was that. I'm not really pissed off about that. Um, yes, he is. He, he's I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to go out in public and say I'm pissed off about his coach because um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed um, what he's doing with the conditioning and that kind of stuff. But um, I think he's taking it a little too hard on these and these poor young kids uh, and. Uh, some kids didn't get to play today, and that was just a travesty. Um, you know, we're not out there to win at, in fifth grade. You're out there to teach these kids how to play the game and how to love the game, and he's just not doing it, so I'm calling him out. Um, that said, like, everything else in my life is pretty good. I had kind of a shit weekend with sports, um, and I don't think it's the... it's. I didn't have a shit day with my sports. Uh, I mean... You know, I still love going out there watching my son play. I mean, it's like the joy of my life. Um, You know, just ahead of watching Tottenham Hotspur play. Now, you know, we can get into what, you know, what what happened today uh, on the the field, on the pitch. um, Who was there, who wasn't there. Um, We could, we could. But first, I I think I want to hear from from Brian about his... uh, his trip to the stadium, the Leicester through, City trip, yeah, through yeah. the eyes of the Rhode Islander, would love to hear what what that looked like to you. Yeah, and uh, thank you for uh, uh, featuring some of our, uh, uh, our 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 fearless correspondent on the street, uh, Ross uh, Duncan McDonald's, uh, you know, on the street uh, interview of me while I was conducting my Hodge 
to <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, it was really fun to listen. It was like it was fun to like live it and then hear you guys like play those clips. Like it was very, it was surreal and awesome. So so That's thanks cool. for thanks for that. Uh, yeah, they were great. They were great clips and uh, <laughs> managed to slip them right in there. It worked perfectly. Yeah. It. Um, so I, I have to. I have to say, uh, I hope I've never been too shouty outy except when it comes to like Rhode Island Spurs. But um, my really good buddy uh, Luke Balany uh, from college, um, he is a wonderful and generous uh, chap uh, from the UK, um, and his brother Edmund uh, is responsible for us getting such uh, lovely access to tickets, which anyone who's looked into it for like your fantasy trip knows that that the hardest part sometimes is just. Uh, you know, taking out a second mortgage to get tickets. And uh, uh, Edmund, I guess, uh, had had a conflict. And actually, because the stars aligned for me on this trip, uh, he had no intention of going to Leicester City. And so uh, Ross and I were able to go and it was just phenomenal. Um, and, and Luke actually bought my ticket. I uh, paid for my ticket, which was very nice of him. So Fantastic. Um, shout out to he he will. In addition to your dozens and hundreds of listeners, you will definitely get at least one more because I'm going to absolutely going to send him the link to this. But um, it was it, guys, it was it was just was everything. It just I mean, I can't overstate just how phenomenal experience it was i mean uh so we try to get up to the the stadium a little bit early it's a surprisingly long walk from the seven sisters tube station up to the the stadium they do a buses you can take that are right outside but kind of wanted to get be part of the procession you know um variety of bars you can go to we ended up one called the beehive that's where russ met us uh when he uh he had some travel snafus of his own uh getting there but uh my wife Kristen and i uh went to the beehive and made random friends like you do kind of the the esprit de corps if you will of uh, a big collection of spurs fans which i'm sure vermont spurs are are no stranger to i mean this podcast exists because of kind of the the shared vibe that you get when you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are passionate about the club yeah absolutely. so um it was so that was phenomenal uh being at the beehive seeing my buddy ross who due to moving to sweden and uh being uh, you know, and 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 lockdowns uh, and COVID and whatnot. Haven't seen him in a couple of years, so that was a wonderful thing to do. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so we had tickets that were right. Um, we were in section five sixteen. If you want to look that up on uh, the old uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, website, um, I mean, just everything is so cool. Uh, like the merch store is. I mean, when people when the stadium opened and people talked about how this might be the best stadium in Europe, I and maybe in the world at that time like i get it like it is so sophisticated it's so beautiful the facilities are phenomenal the merch store on like the first floor is like if that's like kind of your entree to it is like the nicest merch store that you've ever seen hmm. people the staff are super like helpful and nice the checkout process shockingly fast like just everything you would want to like go and and do a match day deal um so uh finally have a uh you know, a saw. I have I have two scarves now. I, ha I couldn't help myself, but a match day scarf, which was you know, so it's like half Leicester City. It's got the date on it and all that. Um, oh man, that, I love that. That's the that's the coolest. And I got another one that I had never seen, like the particular. Com oh, well, it was an alternate kit from a few years ago. That kind of a uh, uh, that color combo. No one cares about this whatsoever. But I'll just say the stadium <laughs> itself 
getting in was easy. It's all digital tickets. Uh, interesting thing from an American standpoint, you can get in early. Uh, you know, the game started at 5.30 p.m. You can get in at, into the stadium at 3 o'clock and drink beer and wine and whatever you want. Um, as we discussed, me being a, a weird genetic freak and being allergic to hops, I stuck to the wine for, for the evening. Um, but so Russ and I got in there probably at like four o'clock and had, you know, an hour and a half to have have a couple of drinks and hang out. You cannot bring alcohol past the uh, gate attendants mm -hmm. to go yeah. into your section, um, which I was not that was not a part of the stadium experience that I uh, was aware of. Um, it's really interesting. You can then come out at halftime, drink as much as you want, go back in. And then you can also the very different from American sports, maybe because they're not open during the match itself. Um, you can there all the stalls are open after the game is over. So you can come out and in our instance, after the weird nervy two two first half uh, for Leicester City, uh, you can then come out in a gloriously celebratory, you know, mass extravaganza where uh, you want to talk about esprit de corps, like just getting that vibe of like, yes, like I am where I should be. These are my people. Like I feel like a solidarity with this club right now. The, after that game, walking out, there are like live bands that are playing Tottenham songs and like uh, everything's open. Uh, all the pies are totally gone by the first five minutes of halftime. So no, no post-match pies, which I heard somebody say that uh, the best thing about uh, White Hart Lane was if you could snag like the last remaining pie in White Hart Lane and take it on the tube. That was like a success story of some kind. I don't understand that, but sure. Um, but uh, it just was, it, it really was like, the whole trip to London was just kind of it, truly like the stars aligned. Just everything kind of fell in place. We really lucked out in a lot of respects. Uh, obviously it was the, the weekend um, prior to the Queen's funeral. So interestingly, uh, I got to witness the first ever uh, singing of God Save the King in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which was an interesting thing. Um, you guys already heard about the uh, um, interesting bit during the moment of silence. That was definitely a <laughs> highlight of the entire trip. Yeah, was, that was our that was our podcast title. Actually. I'm that aware. Was, yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just, it, it was so great. And I, uh, it was great um, being a, uh, you know, uh, Poppy knows this about me, but just being an absolute never say die. Like I, I do my damnedest to not be cynical and to not give up until the 90th plus whatever minute ever. Um, and I, I felt like I was like holding the light at halftime being like, we got a lot of football left here, folks. Like there's a, you know, there's a lot of like instinctual nervousness and cynicism when you're it's two, two and the goals were kind of fluky and whatever. But, uh, to have that second half to have Tottenham come roaring back the sunny hat trick. I mean, it just was, I'll stop talking now, but it just was a, it was a magical experience. I highly recommend it. Um, it was, it was, it was like a life experience. I hope I can do it again as soon as possible. But if this is the last, if, you know, if my life were cut short and this is the last time I got to go, I would say that that was like a highlight, like a true, like a life highlight. It really was. It was a, the best sporting experience of my life. That's fantastic. Two questions for you, Brian, if you don't mind. First, I've been waiting to ask this question. Tell us about the food. How was the stadium food? <laughs> well, how do you feel about meat pies? Um, because, I, I, I like both. Um, okay, so I will say <laughs> there was some like um, uh, like there were some very long lines for more like 
what I would say, like kind of American fare. There was mm. there were hot dogs, I think, somewhere down there, and crisps, as I would say, like potato chips, um, but not much. Uh, we we went. Um, they were out of the regular uh, sausage or whatever, you know, beef mince pies. Um, so Ross and I had a surprisingly tasty uh, vegan mince pie. Um, and by the way, there was uh, an audio clip of us discussing said meat pies. Uh, we just, you know, after maybe, you know, six glasses of wine and and, and six pints of beer, we kind of forgot to send that to you. Also, the Wi-Fi as in the stadium was not exact. All of British Telecom, all of British Wi-Fi and data speeds are like lacking no matter where you are. Mm. I will just say uh, subpar um not to be just that that no five no 5g there huh (laughs) no i mean the the icon says it but it's probably (laughs) you know i think like that does that stand for like five geriatrics that are physically moving like the data packets around like i have no idea that's Um, a good one you just you just make that up right i feel like you've used that i did i did make that up but uh that's that that's nerd core for you but um anyway so yeah we, we yeah. had trouble sending it to you and then frankly we were still like recording stuff we kind of forgot to send it for the pot in time for the pod so our apologies on that one fair but enough we did discuss the v- we had we ended up with a surprisingly tasty vegan quote-unquote meat pie okay, um, okay that was like really not bad i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little all right I, i'm gonna take a little offense <laughs> to that because he's, he's... <laughs> I, I i can't i i was just having this discussion the other day with somebody on on uh the discord from our friends, the extra inch. Uh, there was a big discussion actually about, um, about how vegans are so quick to adopt the, the, the taste of meat, but don't want the meat. Mm. It's, it's, it's outrageous to me. Just eat the fucking meat, you know, <laughs> just eat the fucking meat. Well, so that, that said, like the, yeah. the, the, the draw to, to our, like, to our vegan listeners, just ignore Mike, just, you know, eat what plant, you want to eat. Plant, no, no, we're, we're not worried about it. Fucking, have a sausage, you know, have a burger, have a steak. God yeah. damn it. Have some pot roast, you know, a nice Sunday roast. There's nothing like it. Trust me. Um, <laughs> I, I find everything on the, uh, I try not to eat meat, uh, you know, kind of vaguely ethical, I, you know, a pescatarianism always sounded like a weird exception but like i'm kind of cool with it like you do you um it's not like you know like it's not like fish don't have nervous systems but you know still okay. um but yeah no uh so i, I will say dave I'm, I'm so sorry that i didn't sample more of the wares that were around um we did hear someone who had very nice seats that talked about like sometimes they literally can't choose from all the beautiful options in like the lower level kind of oh. you know kind of like the uh i guess i'll say the seats you can see uh during close-up shots uh on on tottenham players you know mm-hmm. like those kind mm-hmm. of seats we we were uh we had not in those we, seats we were very high up uh people who know, got in the titanic se- lifeboats first yeah right, right. um <laughs> any section that starts with a five is rarely a good thing but True. Uh, that, that is that's um, a valid assumption but we were right behind goal so in the first half, I saw the uh, I even got a video of the Harry Kane header, which was phenomenal. I, I witnessed the uh, the Eric Dyer. Uh, he scored or as Ross likes to call him, uh, Eric, he scores when he wants Dyer. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, or what my brother and I, call, uh, we call him the Dyer Wolf. But um, anyway, yeah. So that was awesome seeing those goals in the first half. Uh, and we had a really good view for Sonny's hat trick. Because the first curler was like 
if you drew a direct line between my eyes, Sonny, and the corner of the goal, like that, there was a, it was a straight line, perfectly mm. straight. So you could see the ball go a couple feet out to the right from my viewpoint and curl. It just was beautiful. And to see how clearly relieved and happy Sonny was like a guy that I, I don't think I know a single Tottenham Hotspur fan that doesn't love Sonny. Um, I just was so happy for him. The whole stadium was happy for him. There just was like very uh, present joy uh, in the whole experience. So nice. Love it. Hey, last question before we get to Mike and he can talk about football. Um, how How is the crowd? You know, so obviously, you know, when you're watching from where we sit, uh, you you can hear songs on occasion. You can hear some of the bigger chants on occasions, but it's really quiet sometimes, too, when you're when you're spectating from home. What, what What's that like actually to be there? Um, It was cool. I will say, uh, and I, we did get um, a little philosophical. I'm sure you guys know the history around the the Yid Army chants. Um, it was funny is I kind of like, even though I intellectually, I know that it's Yid Army, every time when I hear it on TV, I, it sounds exactly like in Black Panther when they go, Bay. You know, it has the same kind of rhythm to it. Same cadence, yeah. So I, I think it, part of my subconscious is trying to convince me that I'm just listening to the Black Panther, uh, you know, chant every time I hear Yid Army. It's a morally complicated thing for sure. And it's, you know, it is on its way out. But there is like a weird automatic response. Like someone can yell it out in one part of the stands and it just ripples across the whole stadium. Mm. Same thing with like a lot of the traditional songs and stuff. Um Certainly, uh, anytime the Leicester corner, which was down to our left, cheered for anything, there was a very eloquent, and I didn't know that there were multiple verses, but there's a song called You're Going Down. <laughs> Talk about like Leicester getting relegated. Um, and uh, yeah, the lady behind us definitely knew all of the lyrics. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so I would say the crowd was, it really was magical. I, I you know, it, um, you know, I think like given, the history of Tottenham. I think there's a reluctance to think the way that I think, which is, I think this is the best match of manager and squad in a very long time. I mean, maybe peach peak Pochettino might be the last time I've felt kind of like this about a squad, despite the last two matches, like um, 16, I, 17, but like, I have a lot of faith in this manager and the squad. And while people will acknowledge that they're vaguely optimistic about it, there's so, like such like a we've been burned so often before, you know, that and I and I get that like I and I as an, you know, an American who came to this 10 years ago, I guess 11 now or something. Um, I don't live that the same way. I haven't mm -hmm. lived that like the lady behind us being 56 and come in and matches with her father when she was six, you know, like <laughs> I don't have a half a century that I can throw at this. Like it's, it is a yeah. different lived experience to be season ticket holder and yada, yada, yada. So, um, so other than the uh, optimism Delta, which was definitely apparent at the end of the first half, uh, it, it was made up for by the uh, just pure um, radically shared joy of the second half. Um, it was really one of those great mass of it, it was greater than the sum of its parts. It really was, it was actually like properly special. Nice. Hey, Brian, thanks for that, man. Thanks for going over that. Hey, that uh, thank you. Uh, I, I, thank you again for featuring the clips. It was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, and thanks again, I have to say, to uh, Luke and Edmund for, for 
hooking us up with the tickets. It really was a magical experience. Beautiful. Appreciate it, man. Hey, uh, Mike, let's go to you. Why don't you talk football? You want to start with today? You want to start with the, the crappy weekend? What would you like to start with? Um, let's, let's, uh, I, th- I think they can tie in with each other a little bit. Okay. Let's see um, you do that. So I'm going to, I'm going to call this, uh, I, I'm going to call this kind of, um, more of the same. So we, at the end of last season, we saw Spurs, um, have a run of just fucking absolute brilliance. Right. Um, you knew that you knew that like that bubble was going to burst at some point. You just didn't know that it was going to happen over the summer. Um, you know, we get a we we're getting a lot of these these people out there who are jumping on the Conte out bandwagon a little fucking early, right? Um, <clears throat> sure, I think he got some tactics wrong. Uh, I know I said to. Uh, uh, or WhatsApp chat um, that I think that a three-man back was not the way to go, but obviously Conte um, set with his system and is in the machinations of his system kind of wouldn't allow a, a four-man back front uh, back. Uh, so they played their 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 typical uh, their typical three-man back uh, and the three up front fine with your wing backs. So, you know, um, so a three, four, three turns into, you know, a, a five, a five, three, two, or five, two, three, when you're on defense and which is all fine, but Conte's defense typically, um, is, and, and, and it, and it happened in the Arsenal game. I mean, it was working to plan in the first half where Conte's defensive, um, Theory is that allow high XG shots, right? And don't allow, don't allow the, or low XG shots and don't allow those high XG shots, right? So, um, allow the, allow, allow Arsenal or allow any team to come on to you, but they, it just seems like they're, when it, they play any team that has a, a, um, a decent attack, any kind of a decent attack, they kind of allow that that offense onto them a little too deep now for some reason. They're allowing them to get really in and around the box. What happened against Arsenal? I honestly don't think Arsenal was that fucking brilliant. I really don't. Like first goal, low XG, uh, maybe higher than than they gave him credit for because you know it was kind of a wide open shot and it was a fucking beautiful shot, but. Like those are the shots that you want to allow that Conte wants to allow in his system. Um, second was by the way, low XG sounds like something you get advertised when you're watching like a uh, like an action movie on TNT late on a Saturday night. Like, do you suffer from low XG? Um, uh. Yeah, <laughs> that's typically typically any any team that plays against Mourinho or or, or Conte, right? Um, they do suffer from low XG, and, but. Um, you know, I'm a beautiful shot from a guy who shouldn't have been on the fucking pitch, right? Um, okay, and then the second goal, uh, maybe Romero should have just fucking kicked it out instead of trying to just kind of tap it back to Larice. But Larice, I don't know what the fuck he was doing or what he was thinking. He had to know that was going to be coming. 
I mean, it was one of the few times in the first half that they invited pressure that deep into the, into the box. He had to know that Romero was just going to tap it back to him. And, and he basically threw the ball into his own net. Mm-hmm. And then the third goal happened because, you know, man down. And Jesus just happened to be there in the box. I, I don't think it was any kind of fucking brilliance on the part of of fucking crybaby Eddie Munster lookalike fucking Arteta or, <laughs> you know, or, 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 or their brilliant, their brilliant game plan or their brilliant squad. I think Martinelli at, at times was really brilliant. I think he's great. I think Odegaard was good. Odegaard's probably, I think the best player on their team. Um, by far. Um, he's kind of trying to develop another kind of De Bruyne type player. Um, I don't think Saka was that brilliant, even though he did make Perisic look stupid on that first goal. Because um, Perisic is fucking so... I, I'm, I, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. Perisic is not good. He's not right Ooh. for... The, he is not right. He's not been good this year. He's not right for the Premier League. I don't think he can. I don't think he can do it. He showed showed today. He wasn't great. Like sure, he can cross the ball. He's not great. He's not great with ball progression. He's not great uh, uh, manning up on defense. Um, he doesn't put his center back into a position where where he can defend well. I just don't think Perisic has been that great, and he hasn't been what he was billed as. Um, I'm upset at the call on Emerson. I think it was I think it was a little harsh uh but at the same time what a fucking boneheaded play well, you had you can we just talk about just, going backwards though okay so you use the word in his call. own zone you use the word call and I think that just really quickly and I don't want to be one of those crybaby you know doesn't matter what sport or team you're talking about inevitably your team loses and you blame the officiating and so I'm I'm instinctually skeptical of that as an argument even when I feel like my team got, you know, a bad, a, a bad turn, I try not to even talk about it because it feels like you just, there's no way you're not going to come off as a crybaby. Right. But I- this officiating was so bad and so biased. <laughs> <laughs> it was such crap. It was one of the worst, like most heavy handed one sided, like we didn't get a single, like going our direction, like, a, you know, a, I, I know I, I maybe have even quoted this on this podcast, but my favorite onion headline of all time, and it's really subtle, but I think it's beautiful was uh, Kobe Bryant admits he admits he fouled some guy back in seventh grade, <laughs> which is like the only time he would ever admit that he fouled anybody. Was, yeah. One guy back in seventh grade. Um, like <laughs> we did not get a single call to go our way. There was nothing, forget anything that we benefited from, um that that could have actually helped us it was we didn't get anything that should have been fair going on our, our direction and arsenal got everything going in their direction they did i, I mean in you know the not the knock against anthony taylor right anthony anthony whatever however anthony they actually yeah yeah yeah, they, yeah however they pronounce it um the knock against him is that i mean i, th- I think he might be from manchester right i mean but the knock against him is that he hates Arsenal and he hates Tottenham. He just happens to hate Tottenham more. Um, he was the referee in the Chelsea match, right? Oh, um, 
I had forgotten yeah. about that. Yeah, right. So the plot thickens. The plot thickens, right? I mean, this would be great for Steve's corner, right? Um, I, I just think I, 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 think I feel like he, bone- I feel like he's been in that corner before, though. It, it is a boneheaded <laughs> challenge on the part of on the part of Emerson. He had Martinelli going away, and of course, Martinelli's going to roll around on the fucking ground until until that red card is is pulled out. When the red card is pulled out, oh, Martinelli bounces back up like nothing ever fucking happened. What a fucking cop-out, cheesy, pussy-ass fucking player. I cannot even come close to defending anything like that. If a Tottenham player did it, I would be on here calling that shit out. And Richarlison... Hold on. Richarlison Richarlison has been known to do that shit. We'd be like, oh, Richarlison, he's being crafty. He's being being relentless. We would (laughs) would be like, way to go, Richarlison. You drew the red. You would. I called that shit out. I did call that shit out with, with... uh, with Lamella, I did call that shit out. You want to go back and listen to that episode? I called that shit out. I don't. I don't. <laughs> the, the six, the six one. It was the what? The six one against Man U, right? Well, because uh, apparently I'm the only person uh, in the history of you know the Tottenham Hotspur supporters that has a soft spot for Lamella, so I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt. Oh no, no. Uh, lots we, of Lamella, whereas some people I've been on a podcast with are not willing to give Lamella any benefit of the doubt of the doubt. He, even he looks like a weird he looks like a scarecrow. A he looks like a scarecrow. But anyway, so <laughs> we shouldn't linger on this though, because it, it no matter so, how if the, the longer we do it, the closer we come to cry very baby status. But I think the game that, was, the that game. was like properly like for the last season and a half, I think it was one of the worst examples of officiating that I've seen. I I I, I will I will agree there. Um but here's the thing. I think that at going into half, Spurs were playing into the game, you know. Arsenal came out fast. They came out hard. You knew they were going to do that. Spurs had a couple of, of of brilliant moments where just passes still, like this is why I say more of the same, passes still aren't connecting. You know, those beautiful long long balls, those beautiful through balls that, that Sonny just can't get onto or has. Sonny's passing was fucking awful in this game. Um, but just as bad was his first touch it's always it's so far this season it's been very very heavy um i don't like richarlison on that side I, am i wrong there um i just don't no. like him on that side he doesn't play You're that side typically anyway no. um i think what we were sorely missing was daki no question so richarlison is uh admittedly brazilian <laughs> uh so he just likes to run at people Right, the Brazilians have their no fucking fear with the ball at their feet. Right, those Brazilian players, they because that, that's how they learn. They play futsal, they play in the streets, and that's how they fucking learn. Right, they go at the man, and you use your skill and your footwork to get by him. Decky uses not just his skill and his footwork, but he uses his brain. He uses his ability to to draw a, a draw a man in, and then put the ball onto his left foot. Like nobody else, nobody else on on the pitch in the Premier League right now. I, I think that we sorely missed Decky, and there was there was an instance where Richarlison had his man beat, and he just couldn't get that ball into his left back onto his left foot. He had his man going on one way uh, in the box, and he just could not put the ball in his left foot, and he had the ball taken. It, he's got a lot of energy. He has just as much energy as Decky. I just think that he's kind of like Lucas in that way that he's just too fast and he's going too hard right so I think that toward the end of that first half that last 15 minutes 
Spurs had them fucking nervous. They just did. They things were opening. The whole field was opening up to Spurs, and then they just got shut down by a boneheaded challenge. Mike, you say that. So, I, what, one thing I wonder, and Dave, I think I would be interested because I think you have good thoughts on this kind of thing too. Is is it that he's uncontrolled and he's just like you know human battering ram or whatever, or is it that we still he is not slotted into like Conte seems like the consummate systematic manager right he's known for that you know I wish Steve were here because he knows a lot more about the nuances of that system but we all know even those of us who are or less uh you know uh, tactically nerdy than 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 Steve is that um he's very specific about what he wants his very specific ways that he wants, particularly like offensive and build up play and what your react your, your, we should rehearse your reaction so often that it becomes totally automatic. Right. So I wonder if this is still particularly with Richarlison and, and anytime he's out there, because I agree with you, Mike, when it's like Sonny Kane, Kulishevsky, it's different than when it's Sonny Kane, Richarlison right now. For sure, right? Visibly. And I wonder if it's because Richarlison has not had uh, a three quarters of a season to kind of lock into the Conte way. And if in, in a couple of months we're going to be like, holy shit, look at the way that Richie figured this out, you know? I like, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree. I don't know if, if Dave agrees with this, but I kind of agree. But I think that people were digging out Decky for a fucking. 18 minute performance in his very first game and then his fucking next game he scores and has two assists against against fucking Manchester City right who yeah. have who had uh he he had probably uh one of the best defenders in the world on him and he made him look stupid right so uh and Kyle Walker right and and uh Nathan Ake was out there too in that game like just decky the way that he kind of lulls you into this, whereas Richarlison kind of comes at you. Um, Lucas comes at you. Um, I, I think Decky has a way of getting the man to come at him. And then he, he uses his skill and his brain and his ability to put the ball on his left foot. And these guys, these defenders all know he's going to try and put the ball on his left foot. And somehow he either sneaks through and gets the ball onto his left foot yeah. or he sneaks around and gets the ball. He always gets his man. I mean, it's rare that Decky doesn't do that. And I think that that's why we miss him. And we're going to continue to miss him. I think we missed him today. Um, I don't think as much, maybe, as we did against uh, fuckheads. But, um, you know, listeners of the pod are not going to realize that Dave has been stroking his beard pensively <laughs> for several he's, minutes now. Dave rarely has um, things to say. I think he's got a big, a, a big thing to say. I, I, by the way, I, love I know. Him. I mean, this is like Jafar level, like build up here. Uh, so, like in terms of like the beard stroking. So, that's, I, I, uh, I'm really interested in your opinion. I feel like, uh, like, what do you think? That's a that's a lot of build up, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> let you down uh, mightily, but um. No, you know what? I think I'm uh, trying to wrap my head around language for this. I, when I think about Richarlison and Son, they are both volatile players in my mind. And I don't mean volatile like hot-headed, although like we've seen Sonny's impetuousness when, you know, things aren't going 
aren't going his way, but Sonny can be really streaky. Um, and I feel like Richarlison, even though we haven't seen a whole lot of it yet, can be streaky or can be put into positions where he is not mm-hmm. as likely to thrive. And I would argue that being on the right side is a position where Richarlison is not likely to thrive. He's just better on the left or he's better, better in the center um, than he is on the right. When I think about Kane and, and Decky, you know, those two guys, even when it, not everything is clicking, you still know that it's, it's always just one move away from something clicking. And like when yeah. sun is off, you know, that's not the case. You know that he's in a, in a rut and it's going to take some time. So I really think it's as simple as, uh, Mike, I don't know if you said it to Brian, but that that Sun, Kane, Richarlison combo with Richarlison on the right, I just don't like it. I don't think it's good. The extra inch guys were talking about the same thing. I just think it's a bad idea. It's unfortunate we need Decky to be on the pitch 80 minutes a game, but that's what we need. Uh, we need him to be on the pitch 80 minutes a game, and I'd rather see Richarlison and Sun swapping in and out for each other than the opposite on the other side of the field. That's my view. I mean, uh, I think it's fairly defensible. It does make me wonder if the uh, was it a brace, a hat trick in the in our last. Oh, sorry, not our last Champions League game, but our last. He had, he had a brace. He had, he had two brace. Right? Yeah, he had two. Yeah, like was that a fluke or was there something? Uh, you know, again, this is where I would defer to Stephen because he probably would remember exactly who was lined up where. But uh, <laughs> he, would. <laughs> he would. He totally would. But uh, like. Whatever we did there, can we give that a shot again? <laughs> you know, and I think that was like kind of left center to what you're saying. But I think you're right. Um, you know, the anyway. other thing, Brian, is is that is that um, you have to understand that um, we were a man, we were a man up at that point too. They were a man down, Marseille, at that point. So like, true, we were attacking all over the field at that point. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, he could have been anywhere. I, uh, if Harry Kane is dropping deep, he's he's probably filtering into the center. I mean, to go back what I was, to what I was saying before, I, th- I think right now this match of manager and squad is the best that I like. Have they completely figured it out? No. Are there pitfalls that could happen with certainly with injuries, but with, you know, I mean, even like the athletic was talking about like, uh, you know, our manager is starting to figure out Conte's tactics. Fair question. I don't. I don't know. Um, but also, have Tottenham, particularly this season, truly executed on what he wants tactically? I think that's an open question too. Um, so I have a lot of faith, and I, I feel like, um, it, well, it's going to be a hell of an interesting season, almost no matter what happens, you know. Um, but I, I'm personally optimistic. We don't look. T- we're not terrible in the Champions League. I think we are. Our, our off-season acquisitions are. Um, were solid and uh, I think made a lot of sense. And particularly on the Richarlison front, I mean, we've seen what he what he can do at Everton. We saw a flash of what he could do and what I'll 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 bow to Poppy here and say, you know, maybe it was a special situation versus Marseille, but also he just looked physically dominant in that situation, even if it was a special situation. So like, and he seems to just. I mean, that, that was like, I think the first thing that came out in the press about what Harry Kane said is like, he seems he seem like he just doesn't get tired. He just is so intense and he wants to win all the time. So like from like a mindset standpoint, physical stamina sen- uh, standpoint, doesn't seem to get injured very often. 
and can occasionally score beautiful pride of Brazil's level goals. I'm optimistic. Like Conte is smart enough to figure out what suits him and how to rotate squads with all. I mean, we have several cups, the champions league and the regular season to be competing in here. Um, I don't know. You got, do you, I'm, I should, I should know this coming on a soccer podcast, but when does, when do the cup play? When does that kind of stuff start? I don't even know. Off the top of my head. I don't, I don't know. Mike, Steve would know. Steve Mike would know. Well, um, no, I, I think the, uh, when is the Middlesbrough game? We have, that's the Carabao cup, right? Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, that's gotta be coming up here. I think it's it. I think it comes in right before, um, right before world cup. Like we'll I, I, I could be prob I might be, I probably am wrong, but I think it comes in November. <clears throat> By the way, I did develop a, a love of uh, British cabbie uh, rhyming slang while I was in London. Um, so definitely, I'm sure someone somewhere has heard of the Carabao Cup and has called it the Carabao Cup, like do we ca- the the do we Carabao Cup? Um, but, that's yeah. that's that's funny. So uh, <laughs> I, I think we had a podcast title in our first season. We did. Don't don't care about who cares oh, about Carabao. Who, who cares about Carabao? Which, yeah. by the way. Uh, uh, Nottingham Forest, November 9th. Oh, it's Forest, right. not Middlesbrough. Right. Yeah. There you I go. knew it was Jet Spence's old team. I just didn't know so which one. It's a month away. Month away. Hey, you know, we haven't we haven't touched on this yet, but really quickly, and then we'll get to our, our favorite segment. Do do we acknowledge that we went on the road in Europe, played against a a strong German team in a relatively hostile environment and we didn't lose. That's an accomplishment for, for Spurs in Europe across the last couple of years. We are, we're second in our group. Uh, We've got goal differential over, over Frankfurt. Like the world is not ending uh, in this moment. I mean, thanks to sporting just completely doing the Portuguese thing, you know, Um, which, which is uh, playing really well against a good side. And then, and then, shitting out against the shitty side i i mean um and did, did we play marseille at home the first match or was that away that was yes. away so we have three that was away matches right? coming up no uh no it was at it was no, it was at marseille stadium are you sure no, I think i'm almost <laughs> because uh oh at the seven sisters subway stop they're plastered the Marseille supporter group stickers. Uh, no way. Because okay. it's like this way to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And they tried to, you could see that someone had the crap job of having to scrub all of the stickers off so you could actually read the sign. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, yeah, so, unfortunately for Nathan, he's got, he's got, uh, he's got time. So. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, like that stat that they had during the game mm-hmm. of uh, Spurs just by drawing managed to avoid their fourth German Champions League loss in a row. Okay. There you go. Good. And things so are, like, things are looking up, boys. I mean, yeah, that's it, makes like that seven, it makes that seven one feel a little better, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's yeah. something else. Put on that on, you can put that on my tombstone. Uh, Brian McGurk lived uh, lived a happy life except for seven one. Um <laughs> but uh Honestly, they looked really good. They looked a lot better than 11th in the Bundesliga. I mean, they they looked more like uh, the team that won the Europa League than they did the team that was 11th in the Bundesliga. They're, well, they're also like on a four-game win streak in the league. Yeah, they're a good team. They beat they beat Union Berlin yeah. like uh, on the weekend. So like And I, I was googling it and it is apparently the most like rowdy, loud, 
uh, environment to play soccer anywhere in the world. So Tottenham, um, Tottenham fans were uh, pre-game warned. They were, yeah. Not to wear their colors right, anywhere well. in Frankfurt. Um, the other thing is like, I and I mentioned this last year about Stad Ren, right? Which was yeah. um, craziness in the stands. Uh, like they had fire and shit in the stands in France. Uh, this year uh, in, in Frankfurt, everyone gets a flag. It was cool looking. Everyone had a fucking oversized yeah. giant flag. Well, I think I it was just the it, it was the ultra end. It looked like it didn't look like the entire stadium had it, but it was still pretty. It's still cool. fucking definitely cool. better when they handed out the flares to every fan on their way. That's you know, yeah, right. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that we played? Welcome to uh, Bienvenue à Marseille. You remember we played uh, Magnesium. <laughs> we played Red Star, Red Star Belgrade a few years ago. Oh right? yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Jeez, that's like going there, to Mad Max. No, because they, they thought the match was going to be canceled. Like, cause yeah. but, but no, no, no. It turns out it was like two like championship level Belgrade teams that were playing each other in like a derby. But it, happened, <laughs> it was like on the same day. <laughs> but it clogged the traffic for the main. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, yeah. And the, the but I, honestly, like Frankfurt, the like they, they look like a damn good team. We played a, like the Porto match. Like, I think, you know, there's really there's great value in just forgetting. There really is. And just like, you know, it happens. I mean, that's the thing. Fun. Like when it comes, I mean, look at, look at, I mean, if you, if you believe in stats and uh, by the way, Mike's uh, zoom profile picture is uh, he's literally wearing a hat that says XG on it. So like, if you believe in stats, uh, that's the, that's an extra inch hat. Just so you know. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, I knew there was a story there. They got me. Nathan got me into XG. <laughs> so what I, I guess I would say is, if you believe in the concept of, of basic or advanced stats in the first place, and particularly the advanced ones, it's all about the likelihood of something happening, right? How likely is it for it to happen? But it's not a guarantee. Uh, but the theory is if you do enough iterations of those things, the likely thing will happen, right? But it's not a guarantee that the likely thing will happen. So look at Harry Kane today. Three what three chances in the first half that that game legitimately if if harry kane had been six inches in a different position it could have been 3-0 at halftime and you all three of us would be talking a very different narrative if it had been 3-0 at halftime right so statistically speaking it was un it, it was unlikely for harry to miss those in the first half but that's just stats you know, sometimes the stats are just against you. The likelihood thing just doesn't happen. And that's a shame, but. Unless you're Bill James. <laughs> he did develop a lot of the underpinnings of that stuff. You're right. So, so Mike, it was unlikely that your son was going to blow those two sitters today, but he did. And, uh, you know, eventually the stats will bear out. You know what else will bear out, Mike? What's that? There's a question I always ask you, and I always love the answer. <laughs> of course you do. Hey, Mike, I say, like, I, I've missed being a part of this. I just wanted to, before you ask the question, Dave, oh, I just want oh, to say, I've missed. Thank you for having me back. And I miss being part of it here we, for this question. We are glad to have you back. Actually, I was going to rush through it. Brian, as our, uh, as our esteemed guest and world traveler, why don't you ask Mike the question that's on everyone's minds? Mike, um, in the spirit of Marseille, qu'est-ce que tu bois? <laughs> i do love it when you ask that brian <laughs> what are you drinking mike uh 
Well, oddly enough, uh, I, I, I don't know enough of, uh, I don't remember enough of 7th and 8th grade French uh, to to respond to you, but I am drinking a Belgian beer today. Um, you know, Belgians, France, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Some people yeah. in Belgium would be cool with that, but yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I was going. Um, so I have a special beer that I've been waiting for. Um, because it is uh, October, and in the United States, October means uh, National Breast Care uh, Awareness Month, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, <clears throat> so uh, with that, I have, and I think that is around the world, actually. Uh, some fucking asshole will probably correct me and uh, fact check me on Twitter. I have a fact check story at the end of the pod, but... I'm checking you right now, buddy. Stay tuned. Um, so, um, it being, uh, breast cancer awareness month in the United States, at least, um, I will say, uh, today I have deliriums, uh, delirium is a Belgian brewery. Um, and it is their deliria deliria was a Belgian blonde is a Belgian blonde ale. Um, that was, um, brewed by all women in their brewery. And um, all the proceeds cool. go to the uh, the National Breast Care uh, Foundation. Um, so whether it's sold in the United States or whether it's sold in Belgium or anywhere around the world, that's where it goes to their National Breast Care uh, Foundations. Um, <clears throat> so uh, delirium is if a you family. if you had told me it was all nuns, you know the Belgians and their famous, you know the uh, Belgians. Well, the Belgians, yes, they have the the yeah. They have. The, I'm just saying the monks brew beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and our friend Adam did a West Lateran, uh review, um, gracefully, very gracefully. And even though he was, I think, is very nervous. Um, but I can, uh, I can tell you that this beer. Um, I've never had this beer, and I finally bought it. Um, I've had a couple of their other beers. Um, they do an awesome triple. Um, I don't typically like French style beers, but. Um, Belgian beers are great because they're kind of French style beers. I, I like the taste of a French style beer, but I don't like the warmth and the alcohol burn and the yeasty farmhousiness of it. Um, I like these and they're very similar, except they're very typically very fizzy. They have a lot of like, um, a, a great fizzy quality to it. So, um, my, I, 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 I would like to mention that my mother-in-law is a two-time breast cancer survivor. Um, so God bless her. And, 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 uh, and, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm going to do this for her and I'm going to do this for any, uh, uh, survivors or anybody suffering with breast cancer or has lost somebody from breast, breast cancer. Um, I'm going to do that today. This has a cork in it, so I'm just trying to pull it kind of gracefully so I don't spill it everywhere. Hey, Mike, what, what's the name of this again? Um, it's Delirium is the brewery, and the name yep. of the beer is Deliria. It's got, a, right. it's got a lovely pink elephant, pink Very label. It's, it's in like a... It's a cool-looking bottle. Yeah, it is a bottle. It's painted. It looks like it's a... Trust us, podcast. Ceramic. <laughs> Oh man, it smells fucking good. I'm gonna put it so chalice glass is the way to go. Stella, another Belgian brewery. Well, there you a, go. A, originally Belgian brewery. Uh, I'm gonna put it in my Stella glass because my Almagang glass is too small. So, 
I think I don't know. This is a this glass is measured in centiliters, so I don't know. Wow. This beer looks really good. And it is fizzy. I can hear the fizz. I don't know if you can hear that, Brian. Oh yeah. If it's you can, so cool. if you can it's turn so cool. that up in the, uh, you know, right, your laborious post production, I think you should. Um, the editing skills are not that high. Let me just, just <laughs> trust me on that. I, I disagree. You, you cut in the uh, me and Ross commentary like very effortlessly. I thought yeah, Dave's, Dave, Dave is like, he's very modest about his ability to to edit. No, I just pray that none of us say anything stupid. I don't have to actually like remove it from oh, from the pod to avoid you. You should pray shame. harder. So man. thanks for not messing anything up, guys. <laughs> yeah, eat, pray, love, Dave. <laughs> oh, this beer looks great. I can't wait to drink this. <clears throat> um, yeah. So bottoms up, boys. All right. Cheers, and uh, and and sincere cheers to anybody. In recovery, remission, currently suffering, um, or has a family history with, uh, have some have some personal connections to that, and God bless them. I'm with you, Mike. Absolutely. Wow, this beer is good. <clears throat> it's fizzy. It has that um, that kind of spicy, peppery um, taste you get with with a French or Belgian beer. Uh, like I said, it is fizzy. Um, it has kind of the yeasty quality that you get with with like a a Belgian beer, um, farmhousey. Like I said, so you have that have that awesome taste of the yeast that kind of like tells you you're drinking um, a good European beer. Um, I don't know what temperature this beer is supposed to be served at. Probably a little higher temperature, but. I'm not positive about that because of the fizziness. I think it would destroy you if you tried to drink one of them. Um, but I really like this beer. Um, like I said, I like those beers that kind of have that spicy finish to them, like a Kolsch has. Um, this beer is crisp. It's clear. Um, it's not hard to drink. The French kind of saisons and that kind of stuff um, typically have those... It does have that yeasty quality to it, but it's kind of thick and undrinkable. Um, this beer is <laughs> fucking fantastic. I like Belgian beers. I do. I really do. I just maybe it's just I don't. No, like I just like that you went from zero to, uh, and therefore it's undrinkable. Uh, did. <laughs> it's thick and undrinkable. And undrinkable. Um, okay. Like yeah, like that IPA that I just drank. I, I I pounded it down because I just did not like it. Um, this beer is really good. Um. And I should I do it? I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. I have the beer advocate. There's no lone freighter. He hasn't had this. I wish I had lone freighter, but I don't. But what's Brian? The, uh... I just sent you my ratings prediction. If you want to send me yours, we'll see how we do. Oh, okay. Um... If you know how to do that. <laughs> if not, that's cool too. It's There's in no the biscuit. chat. There's no biscuit head review on this one. Uh, Chris, this guy says this is. He's got a cool name, so I'm going to use him, or 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 she or he, or whomever they want to be. Horseheads hops, horseheads hophead, is the name of this of this uh, this person. Crystal clear straw color with a generous head of tight white foam, like my underpants, right? <laughs> Tidy whities 
And we're looking for the <laughs> editing moment there, Dave. <laughs> and you found it. I don't wear tidy whities uh, since probably uh, fourth grade. Um, <laughs> sheets and gobs. Of wait, wait, wait what? What did you? What did you start wearing in fourth grade? Did you go bikinis then, or straight to boxers? <laughs> like what? No, 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 no. It was like the advent of the boxer brief. The advent of the boxer brief at yeah, age yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the support, the support of a brief with the comfort of a boxer. You can't... when did when did you start wearing thongs because you didn't want to buy too much fabric? When did that happen? That well, we'll we'll keep that. You know, we'll, we'll keep that in the Popovich household. We don't need to. Fair. Need to Fair go enough. There. You don't right. need to know that, Dave. I, I retract that. I mean, my, we, we might as well talk about it because our hundreds of listeners is, is now down to like like seven. And I think that <laughs> five of them might be people I send this podcast to. So, well, the, well the, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Our, our friends, our friends, the fuckwits, already know me. So uh, that, uh, that's, that's all totally true. That <laughs> maybe maybe uh, more well than they want to. Um, <laughs> This guy, this guy here says, uh, and Steve would love this. Oh man, I'm so I'm so sad he's not here right now. Sheets and globs of sticky lacing remain. Oh yeah, Steve would love that, and that's gross. I don't know about the lacing, mm, yeah. but no. But what's the uh, what's the ABV? <laughs> the ABV on this is uh... shit. It doesn't even say. Brian, do you think? Tight white foam like my underpants is too long of a title. How do you how do you feel about that? You can just well, put tidy whiteies. I mean, how about tight white foam like dot dot dot? Yeah, <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> that that's a little it cuts out some characters and uh also it, it will feeds turn the imagination off of automatically. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's about sticky lacing with this beer. So um, all the ones that I look at. So here's here's my uh, here's my go on this. Um, I'm going to give this a three point nine. Oh, um, wow! I think wow! A, I think it's a great beer. Um, like I said, I like Belgian beers. I I love Stella. Stella is a great easy drinking beer. This beer is way better than Stella. Um, Delirium's got it going on. I, I I like their beers. They like I said, they make a great triple, which you could have one of. Um. So, yeah, three point. Mike, I gotta tell you, we are we're dialing in the the ratings. Yeah. Uh, Brian came in at four point oh, and I was four point one. So we are Ooh, but shit. we are yes, almost there, man. Prices right rules. We both lose. Well, it's you know, it's my enthusiasm. It's my enthusiasm or, or or lack thereof that that gets you there, right? I'll take one dollar, Bob. One dollar. Yeah. <laughs> if you had taken one dollar, you would have won that uh, that brand new refrigerator. That's right. Hey, um, uh, so how about your song? Where where are you going with that? Oh shit. Oh boy, this I, I hadn't thought about it, Dave. Um, oh come on. No, I really hadn't. Um, Wait, you're telling me that someone who comes on the most professional Tottenham Hotspur podcasts available on planet Earth is unprepared for one of his name segments? Is that? No, no, no. I I, I don't know the song until I until I drink the beer typically, <laughs> and then if I don't if I don't necessarily like the beer, I just pick a random song. If it if it doesn't evoke any kind of like feeling for me, um, <laughs> um. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and say um, 
Oh God, this is this is gonna be hard. I, I, I have a suggestion because it's because it's breast cancer, you know, related. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't want to. I, I don't want. I'm jumping on your uh, on your segment. I'm terribly sorry, but no, that's, I, that's I've never crazy. seen Mike stumped like this. He might need your your life preserver, Brian, if you got one for him. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, um, you know, uh, uh, women-owned brewery, um, clearly badass ladies making badass beer. God bless you. Um, and this one particularly for you know particular cause. Um, it made me automatically think of uh, Crowded Table by the High the High Women, um, which is uh, so. If you haven't heard Crowded Table by the High Women, um, is it like the High Women. Well, that so it's an it's like a it's a all ladies super group, uh, and they were very clearly making fun of the High Women um, in in their in their how can you uh, make choice of group women? title. Uh, well, just good nature, but it's like it's a it's a it's like all star like Les Zeppelin. It, it's an all star group, and uh, Crowded Table is uh, a ten out of ten song. So good to know. Think, that's that's good. I'm I'm right. I'm gonna say, like you said, badass, badass girl group. Yeah. Not the Bangles, Dave. I know you're thinking the Bangles. <laughs> oh, I, um, I, Dave was thinking Spice World for sure. Oh, the Spice Girls. That would have been great because there's spicy notes in his ears. He's, he's, oh, he's, he's, coming, he's coming with Pat Benatar for us right now. Be ready. No, so it's very close. Very close. Very close. Joan Jett. Um, Joan Jett, yep. But right. Joan Jett's original band when she was a teenager, 14, 15, 16-year-old girls, The Runaways, Cherry Bomb. That's a Badass good song. song, badass beer, badass girls, badass band. All right. Everybody knows chit 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 cherry bomb. I like to think that we helped you lock into that at the very least. There you have it. You got me there, Brian. Thank you. Hey, this has been Hey Mike, what you drinking? Mike, good job. I gotta admit, that one looking it up as you talked about it and watching you drink it, that one has me intrigued. I might have to uh might have to go find that. I think it gets yeah, it gets like an eighty eight at beer advocate. Sounds good. All right, boys, let's move on. Um, I do know that Brian might have something weird bouncing around in that head of his that he wants, he wants to share us. But before we get to that, Brian, just because the, the way the rhythm is going of the, of the pod, I got to share something with you guys. Um, I had a, had a, uh, a moment of realization this weekend. Actually, it's something I already knew, but it was affirmed. So if you're ready to indulge me, my wife was out of town. Um, my wife and my mother-in-law went to visit my, my two boys um, in college, actually, my my two sons live closer to Mike now than they do to me. They're they're up in in Burlington, Vermont, and uh, so so I had the house to myself over the weekend doing all kinds of house stuff. I changed out a toilet. I did outdoor landscaping. You know, just all the all my own honey do list that I made up. So there were some Home Depot trips and uh, you know, definitely some Hank the Tank type of stuff from old school. If you if you know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> but right. um, so once I got <laughs> Frank, all settled, Frank the Tank, Frank the Tank. Sorry, not Hank the Tank. Yeah. Um, once I got all settled in. I decided, you know what? I have been meaning for a long time to sit down and watch Top Gun Maverick because my oh, yeah. wife can't stand Tom Cruise for, for reasons that probably many people might understand. But, uh, you know, for me, a guy who really came of age in the 80s and, and 90s, the original Top Gun was the Mac Daddy of, of all movies. And uh, way back in the day, Mike, you may be old enough. Brian, I'm not sure if you're old enough to remember this, but when surround sound was like the way you proved your manhood to people, um, 
my buddies and I would do the top gun test on everybody's speakers. Every time we could, we would just crank that bad boy up and let it go and, and watch top gun. So I know that movie backward and forward. And uh, while I don't want to talk, you know, at all about the uh, military industrial complex, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into all that. I do want to say top gun Maverick is a freaking amazing movie, especially for a guy who uh, has aged along with the, the main character in theory. Um, it was absolutely freaking phenomenal. I was a I was a 48-year-old man alone in my own home getting choked up and teary watching this damn movie. Mike, I think I sent you a message about that uh, pretty specifically. Listen. Great film. Great, We great finally film. found great out film. what Penny Benjamin looks like. Finally found out. <laughs> right? It, it finally came around. When you know when 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 the captain is looking, yeah, looks over at Matt. He's they're getting yelled at, and he turns and he goes, "Penny Benjamin, Penny Benjamin." One admiral, her one mention gets an entire character in the sequel, an entire character. Great, great, damn movie, man! What a fucking good movie. Entirely concur. Like, I grew up on Top Gun. Yeah, like I. you know, my dad was in the Navy and that came out when I was, you know, pretty young, but like, that, like the, the VHS era for that was kind totally. of a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, and I will, I have a history of vociferously defending Top Gun is like, it's just iconic, you know? I mean, even if there are minor problems with like, you know, if I'm looking at it, like the script of it and saying, oh, you know, like the narrative and whatever it's an iconic movie. It's an incredibly well done movie. It's, it's, it's well directed. It's well acted. Parts of it are kind of preposterous, but who cares? It's so good. Yeah. And what I think is crazy to me. Uh, and I was, I had the benefit of going to the IMAX to see Top Gun Maverick. Did you go with and Trey? You went with Trey, didn't you? I, I did not. I went wow. with uh, a buddy of mine who teaches at the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island. Mm. And his colleague who uh, flies F-18s, and he was the commander of an air wing on the USS Reagan. So that was my, like, uh, and our buddy Carlos, who's also, he's just like an aviation nerd. So we got to see it. And I think, with the benefit of time, I think the biggest thing that has come to me is uh, forget, is it a worthy successor to, to Top Gun? It's a better movie. Like, the like. <clears throat> It's really well written. Like it's like it's, it's a actually you are emotionally invested in a way that you didn't realize you could be no, in Top Gun Lands. It's, it's a great movie. When he when he goes and meets up with Iceman and they have that conversation, oh. like what what the hell is happening here and why is this so good? You know, oh, it was man. it was a phenomenal movie. It was huge, huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, how good is your surround sound system now? I have to ask. I don't even have it anymore because oh, okay. that, that doesn't exist, right? Like it's <laughs> it's not a thing. But boy, it used to be pretty badass back in the day, man. I, I, I my house speakers were about four feet tall, and uh, the all, all the speakers were were hidden in the walls. It was good stuff. Well, if the narrative is that good, you, you know, it doesn't matter how big how good a surround sound you have. You know, it's it's just going to be enjoyable entertainment. <laughs> very very true, very true. But hey, Brian, uh, speaking of enjoyable entertainment. Um, I would love to know what's on your mind. What are you thinking about right now? Well, uh, no, I just uh, wanted to honor Stephen properly by uh, offering up a a what I think is maybe like a proper conspiracy theory, and I'll I'm not going to do it in the full Stephen vein because you know basically like nobody can, but I will say my theory is, um, I you know I was sitting on the same couch getting 
pictures from Poppy, Mr. Mike Popovich, um, and, and him lamenting the fact that his son missed a couple of sitters and how bad he felt for him. And on the same couch, I like worked on my couch that uh, like in my in my living room today for a while. Um, on the same couch, I happened to watch uh, Prince Harry of Kane miss three goals that he on. You know, we're talking XG for Harry Kane. All three of those were uh, were chances that ninety nine times out of a hundred he buries. In my, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, if you've watched over 100 Tottenham games, which we all have, there's no way that most of the time he doesn't bury all three of those. And so my conspiracy theory is that Mike has done some kind of an offering to some, you know, off-brand God to link the <laughs> future of, of Mr. Lucas Popovich to, you know, the goal-scoring spirits of Mr. Or, or Prince Harry of Kane. So, um, hold, on, uh, so hold on, Mike, I love how he, he doesn't even give you some brand name God. He gives you like the off-brand one. <laughs> just, well, just you know, the, it's like the one that, you know, it's one that pops the Hannaford, It's like, the Hannaford brand <laughs> tied God. Well, <laughs> I can imagine Poppy come home and be like, hey, like, listen, Lucas, this god was on the, you know the offering to this guy was on sale at costco <laughs> on the way and i you know i picked it up on the way out and like came came well, through I with really, a four pack I of really peanut think, butter listen <laughs> i got a good deal on linking your fate with harry kane and like i'm linking your fate with harry kane lucas would probably be, be probably be into it lucas got the kirkland harry kane fate <laughs> No, he got he got the BJ's version. It's nowhere near, <laughs> nowhere near the Costco version, right? All right, that was the best I could do for a Stephen esque uh, conspiracy theory. Brian, uh, that was yeah. that was noble, and uh, <laughs> we, we we honor and respect the effort. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> well, right. that was fun, listeners. Um, this has been Wicked Spursy. Brian, you got anything you want to add before we before we wrap? Um, I just want to say. When I was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I saw Ver, both uh, Vermont and RI Spurs, uh, like the, the little banner of all the supporters clubs all around the world. It came nice. up at the stadium. That was very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it just meant a lot to me to be like a part of that kind of international you know, thing, um, as it means a lot to me to be a, a participant in the Spurs community via you awesome guys. So um and uh steve we wish you were here we we would have loved your tactical analysis and your much better uh conspiracy theory the good news is it looks like uh the stuff steve was working on this evening has come to a, a satisfactory conclusion so uh that's a that's a positive thing for old steve so hey good listeners night. we appreciate you brian we really appreciate you man uh thanks for joining us thanks for 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 upping the cognitive level of our discussion a little bit we always appreciate that <laughs> when, when that happens some <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh mike you get to wrap up for both you and steve again so what's your first comment uh first first steve uh and i think steve would have loved to weigh in on this uh a little bit on this conversation i know it was a long podcast tonight thanks for sticking with us uh don't be an asshole and what do you have to say mike uh quiz 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 and and be safe everyone amen